0: Hey everyone, this is Achyutu Baba from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at December's upcoming solar eclipse in the sign of Sagittarius. This is a week of previewing. We started off looking at the pre- previewing Venus's retrograde in Capricorn with Pluto. We then yesterday moved into previewing Saturn and Uranus in December, and today we are going to talk about the solar eclipse that's happening in December. Now why am I doing all of this? These are things that we'll talk about really close to the actual uh, dates, the actual events. But in my mind, because all of these tend to be very much more process-oriented transits, eclipse seasons, eclipse cycles, um, when you're looking at Saturn-Uranus has a whole history of this 2021, Venus's retrograde is going to be a long process. I think it's good to prepare for these things a little bit out in advance. So today we are going to prepare for the upcoming eclipse in Sagittarius, we're going to look back at the dates and times of the previous eclipses. uh, And we are going to um, take a look at this eclipse through all 12 houses, just really rapid fire just to give you a sense of where it's going to land based on your rising sign. So that's what we will do today. In the meantime, I want to remind all of you that I am in fundraising mode right now for my annual Kickstarter. We just hit. 300 backer mark. So I'm so thankful for all of your support. We are uh, 38 days left to go and 301 backers into our goal of 1,367 backers. So we're, we're well on our way to matching last year's backer total. And get there or not, you know, I'm just really feel really fortunate to be doing this work and sharing this love of astrology with all of you. If you like my channel, there's a lot of ways you can help Um, you can like my videos you can subscribe you can get notifications for the channel Uh, that tends to help the algorithm from what I've heard Um, you can send send up a prayer uh, just that this channel would continue to be a source of good spiritual uh, insight for others and and uh, that this that people would who come here would be blessed with astrology you can pray for me that I would stay sane and (laughs) continue to produce good content and that my spiritual practices would stay centered because it is, in my opinion, it's the, you know, it's the integrity of my spiritual practice that goes into creating this work that makes anything that's close to, you know, substantive in the videos. So, um, at any rate, all of that is appreciated. If you are able to donate, I also deeply appreciate that. And I want to point you to the Kickstarter page. You'll find the Kickstarter link in the comments section of this video and in the description. Someone has, by the way, been impersonating me and sending out messages like, contact me on WhatsApp for the best business plan in the universe or something like that. So please ignore that. I don't know. We've reported this person, but uh, they did it again yesterday. So at any rate, and apparently a bunch of astrologers have been dealing with this, like, uh, astrologers that I know on Instagram have been giving people make up accounts in their name and stuff like that. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not giving out WhatsApp invites or uh, anything like that, just so you guys know. But anyway, when you go to the Kickstarter page and you scroll down you can pick up a variety of different exclusive videos. My astrology of 2022 video is one of the rewards that I offer. So that's like my deep dive lecture on the astrology of next year that I don't actually, I'm not going to be publishing on YouTube or anywhere else. Um, and then there is a year ahead horoscope reading for all 12 signs for 2022. There are all sorts of different lectures. There's a really good one astrology for total beginners video. If you're looking to, um, give someone a gift that's like, what is astrology all about? This is like a lecture for total beginners. What is astrology? Why do people do it? Is it a science, et cetera? Keep scrolling down. Um, there's a year ahead mini reading. There's only 49 of them left because those are the ones that I do personally by looking at your birth chart. Uh, those are little little mini readings where I say, this is your biggest transit of 2022 in your birth chart. Finally, um, all of my 2022 courses, the first year course that starts in June, the first year course that starts in November of 2022, my advanced programs that start in June of 2022, horary in year two, as well as my readings and passages course that starts in no- December of 2022. All of those courses are 50% off and more if you bundle more than one of them together. So you'll notice that toward the bottom and, um, yeah, we already have uh, quite a few people who've taken advantage of that. So thank you to all of you for, for donating. Um, and, uh, just know that when you support this channel, um, you're supporting a staff of people that help me supporting me and my family, you're supporting all sorts of good projects that we have in the works, including a community herbal medicine garden. Eventually we're hoping to have a, a donation based reading clinic where students can come in and, um get uh, get an ex- experience reading and getting practice reading. People can get uh, really affordable readings in, in return. And that um, idea from that actually came from when I was a kid, we used to, we used to um, go get our dental work done by the students at the University of Minnesota. And that, that was experience for them and a low cost for us. And that model just always stuck with me. So I thought, you know, that's it. That might be something that we can implement here as well, so that there's an option for people who need a reading, but, you know, don't have a lot of money and there's people who need experience and don't have, um, you know, always have the outlets to get it. So that's something we have in the works as well. Uh, we're able to offer donation based, um, tuition or, um, need based tuition, uh, because I don't have to have a bottom line because the Kickstarter. So So many things that we do to make astrology accessible, to make it this content free and available year round. I spend half my day doing this every single day. That's all possible because a good amount of my audience says we value this and we're pitching in to donate and support this channel. So, um, I really appreciate it if you're able to, and, uh, thank you guys so much. Let's see how quickly we can get to 400 backers and just keep making progress with 38 days left. Okay, so thank you for letting me um, tell you about my Kickstarter. And I'm going to put the real time clock up on the screen right now. We're gonna start diving into this eclipse. So the main thing to know is that this eclipse is coming through at the new moon. So solar eclipses are always new moons. And you can see here that we have, um, I'm gonna pull them together so they're exactly at the same degree. So this is December 4th, it's about three in the morning in, on Eastern time. And you can see there's the moon and sun, uh, at 12 Sagittarius and they're within range of the South node of the moon. Uh, so it's, you know, the closer they are generally the stronger the eclipse, but nonetheless, this is a solar eclipse in Sagittarius. And it's the last one we're going to get in Sag because the nodes of the moon are about to change signs. Which is why we already had an out of sign eclipse and so lunar eclipse in Taurus that we talked about recently. So this eclipse is falling in Sagittarius. It's also loosely conjoined with Mercury, um, and both are also broadly square to Neptune. Um, And there's also configured by whole sign sextile is Jupiter. So some good, really some some interesting aspects, and I think overall. looks to me like it's a, it's not, um, doesn't have the look of a really intense, nasty feeling eclipse. Some do, you know, some like our last eclipse, uh, cycle that we went through with so many Uranian dynamics, Mars opposite Uranus. that was kind of a rough cycle. So this one to me looks a little better, honestly. Um, but here's what happens if we play this, play this out a little bit, let's take a look at the first quarter moment of the cycle. So the first quarter moment of the cycle draws out that Neptunian influence that I mentioned, because it happens as the sun is squaring Neptune. Um, also, at, just after Mercury's gone through the, uh, the square as well. Uh, one thing that happens a little bit later in the cycle that I really like is Mars moving into Sagittarius, changing signs and picking up, um, uh, moving into Jupiter's sign with a sextile to Jupiter. I like that energy that that feels pretty good. But at any rate, so we have some Neptunian signatures in this moon cycle, a lot of Jupiterian uplift, uh, which feels pretty good, especially considering that coming toward the end of the cycle, things are going to get uh, you know, a little bit more intense. So you can see right here, this is December 19th, that we have the full moon. Now this is not an eclipse, it's a little too far away, but you've got the full moon in Gemini, and that's happening in a trine with Neptune right? As the sun is also, or Jupiter as the sun is also sextiling Jupiter. So you can feel the Neptune Jupiter influence over this moon cycle, which to me is probably very uplifting. There's always some risk with Neptune Jupiter of going too far somehow, or getting caught up in some kind of grandiosity or idealism, or, you know, um, uh, some kind of righteous fervor, but I think, you know, Neptune, Jupiter is imaginative. It's, it's big, it's broad minded. It's hopeful. Uh, it's inspiring. So I like where this moon cycle is heading. Now you have to remember that around the full moon, Venus is stationing and turning retrograde. So, um, that's the right around the full moon is where the cycle does take a pretty dramatic turn, but up to the full moon, there's a lot of pretty, I think, uplifting qualities behind the cycle in general. Now, if we keep going along here to the last quarter moon, by the last quarter moon, uh, around December 27th, we're, we're just going through as that last quarter moon comes through Saturn squaring Uranus. Venus is going through the conjunction with Pluto, and we have our last quarter moon. To me, this is the most turbulent part of the cycle. This is a part of the cycle that feels, um, uh, like it's the work. the the last quarter, the letting go of the moon cycle, which makes sense. We're coming out of eclipse season overall. And that, you know, there's a process that's being integrated. So then if you go down all the way into the next new moon cycle, the next new moon cycle is in Capricorn. And that new moon cycle is toned by a trine to Uranus and the Venus Pluto dynamic. Jupiter has just changed signs and picked up dignity, Um, so I feel like there's good, even when you look forward to the new moon cycle that comes around the beginning of January, things look like they're going to get more, a little easier. So, uh, you know, I think it's like from full moon through about last quarter ish of the upcoming cycle is going to be a little bit turbulent, right about the solstice through the end of the year. Um, but I, I, again, generally speaking, I don't feel overly worried about this particular eclipse cycle because it's in Jupiter's sign because Jupiter is making a big transition and uh, gaining dignity during this cycle, because there's p- pretty good configurations to Jupiter throughout the first half of the cycle and so forth. But we do have that critical period of kind of, in, you know, intensity um, with Saturn, Saturn and Uranus in particular, right around the holidays and Venus turning retrograde too. So anyway, that's sort of the macro view. Let's not forget that these eclipses have a history behind them. So let's just take a look at that history really quick to sort of remind you so you can do some tracking. Where have you been with this um, cycle? So we're gonna go back to, here we are, let's go back. So if we go back to about May 26th, you can see here that, Let's pull this into view. So you can see here that the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius happened on May 26th. So that that was right around last spring is when we hit eclipses in Gemini and Sag, and you saw a very powerful lunar eclipse in Sagittarius right around that time. If we go, let's go back a little further and um, let's go all the way back into, here we are. So yeah, so we're gonna take this forward and see that there was a solar eclipse last year. You probably remember it's right around December 14th. So here's the solar eclipse that's coming through in Sagittarius, December 14th of 2020. And that was um, another, Sagittarian eclipse with Mercury closely configured in Jupiter's sign as Jupiter was also about to pick up dignity by virtue of leaving its fall. So there's this similar signature you could say last December and this December in terms of a transition from Jupiter with a Jupiter uh, ruled eclipse happening, Jupiter's getting sort of more positive. So a feeling of like a momentum change that looks overall um, subjectively good. All right, well, we can go back a little bit further too. Let's go back to um, right about here. So we're going back to June of 2020, and here we go. So you can see that the nodes of the moon are coming together um, right about, this is June 5th and, Let's make sure I got that. Yeah. So it's about June 5th into the 6th of 2020. That we would have had, I can't remember if that was an if that was actually a lunar eclipse or not, but that was your full moon in Sagittarius, right? As the nodes had changed signs. And I'm fairly sure that there was an eclipse right around that time. Venus was also retrograde at that time, which is interesting. So the eclipses got started at the time that Venus was retrograde. They're returning as Venus is retrograde again. So that's fascinating to consider. Okay. So what I'd like to do now is I want to take a moment to just look at the house location of the eclipse to give you guys a sense of where this eclipse is landing. Um, And we're also going to be previewing Jupiter's change into Pisces. That's something that we're still that we have on the uh, map for December as well. So that's that's coming in case you're wondering about that one. All right, so I'm going to bring this forward, and let's put. Um, I'm going to put Aries onto the ascendant, and we're just going to walk through. And I'm going to give you a quick, some quick keywords. So, if you are an Aries rising, the eclipse happens in your ninth house, a place of the higher mind and beliefs, religion, spirituality, long journeys, foreign countries. To so look for a continued, and this has been there for a while now. So you can look back at the cycle that really. St- Basically, they started around June of 2020 all the way up to now. How have things been shifting for you around your, um, your beliefs around learning and education, teachers, uh, mentors, sages, uh, maybe travel abroad. It's kind of hard to imagine that with COVID, but yeah, so there you have it. That's where the eclipse is landing again for you. So watch for that topical area to be activated coming up here in December. If you're a Taurus rising, it lands in your eighth house. Debts, obligations, um, things that you're paying off or loans that you're taking out, things that people owe you or that you're, you're owing to other people, ways in which your resources are joining with other people's resources, um, things that come from other people. Uh, also, the potential for the topic of, of death or inheritance. Um, those are all eighth house topics that can come up with the, for Taurus's, Taurus rising who has the the Eclipse and Sag in your eighth house. If you're a Gemini rising, it falls into your house of love, relationships, marriage, sexuality. So you watch for the changes that have been happening there to continue uh, coming up here in December. If we move it forward to Cancer rising, then we're talking about the sixth house. And the sixth house is a place of illness and sickness, accident, injury, frustrations. So unfortunately that could be you know, the eclipses in your sixth house, maybe they provided some challenges or difficulty in the past couple of years here, but also this is the house that, uh, translates hard work into results over time. So maybe you're getting ready to receive the benefits or results of having worked really hard at something over a long period of time, or maybe there's new projects that you are putting a lot of effort into the sixth house tends to reward effort and labor, but not right away and not usually without quite a bit of frustration and sacrifice. There's also questions about what I'm serving, what kind of sacrifice I, where do I sacrifice in my life and what do I serve in general? So those are all the topics that could be coming up. If you're a cancer rising, if you're a Leo rising, this moves into your fifth house and there's questions in the fifth house, always about creativity, pleasure, joy, happiness, sensuality, um, and questions about whether, um, you know, are you feeling fulfilled, you know, creatively, and is there enough joy and laughter and spontaneity and play in your life? The topics of children and pregnancy and romance can be a part of this house. So look to the fifth house. If you're a Virgo rising, this lands in your fourth house, which is going to be the place of home and family. So you think about domestic things, living environment, family karma, and watch for changes continuing to happen there. And again, they've been happening for a while now, go back to about the spring of 2020. Now, if we go to Libra rising, this lands in your third house, place that's associated with your mind and your everyday environment, also with siblings and neighbors and anything that's that, that constitutes the immediate, regular, familiar environment around you day to day, especially your mind, moods, emotions, mental states, um, it's also a place of communication, technology. There's often an emphasis on, um, you know, the, the things that we use every day, you know, like our computers, our laptops, our cell phones these days, that kind of stuff, but also questions about, um, questions about using your mind, how, and why are you using your mind? What kinds of changes are happening intellectually or mentally for you? And how are they uh, contributing to uh, transformation in your life personally right now? If you are a Scorpio rising, then this lands in your financial house. You can watch for changes related to money, finances, resources, cultivation of your skills and abilities too in the second house that could maybe profit you somehow. So looking at that, if you're a Sag rising, then this is in your first house. And there's an emphasis on the body, on your sense of intelligence, direction, character, um, health, vitality. New beginnings, these are all first house topics to watch for if you're a Sag rising. If you're a Capricorn rising, this falls in your 12th house. Maybe one of the more challenging placements for eclipses, honestly, because the 12th house brings up what's in our shadow, what's in our blind spot that we don't see, and learning from that can be amazing in terms of the growth that's, that's, um, that's there for us if we become aware of what we're not seeing or what's undermining us somehow. Um, Also 12th house can be a signature of some period of isolation or turning inward or uh, getting some distance from the world a little bit. So you watch for that influence. If you're a Capricorn rising, if you're a, an Aquarius rising, this eclipse falls into your 11th house, which is a place of friends, groups, communities, allies, watch for something new to get started there. And this is part of a season or cycles of change around those topics of groups, friends, colleagues, allies, it's been happening since again, June of like 2020. Finally, if you're a Pisces rising, well, this eclipse is happening in your career house. So you watch for something new that's starting the seeds of something new that's starting to be planted there around your career. Uh, so that's just a quick run through. I wanted to give you guys a feel for the eclipse. Remember that the, the main thing I hope that you understood was just in seeing the Neptune-Jupiter dynamism of this eclipse cycle with the sun in particular that tends to be about um there's a buoyancy there's a hope there's a sense of confidence and inspiration now between the full moon and the last quarter we're hitting saturn uranus we're hitting venus retrograde so some of that's going to be tested a little bit but there's definitely a a a spirit of upliftment um that is present throughout this cycle and remember what we're going to preview probably tomorrow i'm not sure because it's thanksgiving maybe we'll do it on friday um but tomorrow or the next day, we will preview Jupiter's turn into Pisces. So um, that's where we're heading. I hope you've enjoyed this week of previews. We just, again, we crossed 300 backers today. We're trying to keep going, see how quickly we can get to 400 and uh, keep this uh, keep this fundraiser um, momentum going. So when you donate anything, $5, $10, you can pick up a reward. You can get half off to any of my programs. So Um, your support is deeply appreciated and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.